0: Heights to the depths of the sea.
1: Back in our text, verse 38. But do not have, but you, he says. Now, Jesus here is speaking still to the Jews, and he says, You do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent, him you do not believe. What a horrible indictment. Can you imagine God saying, You don't have the love of God abiding in you? I'd be like, Oh, God, help me, help me. What do I do? I want, I want the love of God abiding in me. I want to believe.
0: All exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable, you place the Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor and Teacher Rob Kellogg. Who told every bolt where it go? Who in virtually every work and word of Jesus... God the Father testified to Jesus' status as the Son of God. But specifically, the Father testified of the Son in the Old Testament prophecies and at the baptism of Jesus. They will not receive the testimony of the Father because they do not have his word abiding in them. They cannot hear God the Father audibly or see him, but they have his word they are guilty because they do not abide in the word that God has given us. In order for us to hear the Father, we must abide in Jesus. Now let's join Pastor Rob.
1: Up, ...caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, in the clouds, notice, and thus we shall ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. <laughs> I'm going to go around and just comfort and comfort all you hate. Well, shake your hand. <laughs> Let's comfort one another with those words. Do you need comfort today? I do. I'll be honest with you. My heart has been broken for many months now. For various reasons. I so want the, the comfort of God. And He's been giving it to me. And I know many of you are hurting. Many of you are worried. Many of you are struggling, frustrated, angry. You're in good company. But there's also the resurrection of condemnation, otherwise known as the second death. We already looked at it in Revelation 20, so we don't need to go there. But they will be resurrected. So where are you going to spend your resurrection? Is it going to be in heaven with Almighty God or is it going to be in the lake of fire for eternity where Jesus said with his own lips, where the worm dies not and where the flame doesn't quench. It's never quenched because that body that they're given will be able to withstand an eternity in that environment just as we will be able to stand in heaven in front of God who says he dwells in unapproachable light We need a new body to stand in front of his glory. For if I or you were to, to, if God was to manifest himself in all of his glory right here, every one of us would fall apart. Do you understand? (laughs) I mean, I like that thought. I like to think about that. I mean, we would just be incinerated. There'd be nothing left. Our teeth would just fall and hit the carpet. Everything else gone. No one can dwell in unapproachable light. But, ah, but with the new body, we're going to stand before him or bow before him or lay, you know, prostrate before him and worship the great king. And boy, there'll be years. I'm sure we're just going to be cleaning the carpets of heaven as our face is on the ground. No carpeting. It's all gold. I know that. but Not the deep shag 70s rug. You know the orange? You know None of that in heaven. That was ungodly back then. I remember. I was just a young kid then. I was born in 69. But I remember my mom, we had that orange shag carpet. Man, it looked horrible. And then if you have a dog and a wet dog in the house, ooh, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I transgress. Or uh, whatever. Yeah, I do. I transgress too. Jesus said in verse 30, I can by of myself do nothing as I hear I judge and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will but the will of the Father. Jesus always seeks those things. He always does those things that pleases the Father. When Jesus was in the garden, he said, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will be done. Always a dependence. Are you dependent upon God or are you just doing your own thing? Are you a Christian and saying, well, I can do whatever I want now. My ticket's stamped, I'm just going to live like hell and then hope for heaven. Well, if that's your attitude, your Christian experience is going to be very stunted if that's your attitude, you don't understand love, God's love, and you certainly don't understand grace. The more I understand grace, the more it keeps me away from the flame. And the more I'm, I don't want to walk along the edge any longer, along the edge of the cliff, seeing how far I can get to the sinful things and not get burned. No, the person who understands grace stays way far away from that line and says, you know what? I don't even want to be anywhere near it. I don't want to even have it. I don't even want the smell of it on me. I want to stay away from it. How about you? Jesus said in John 8 he says the father has not left me alone for I always do those things that please him. I want to please him, don't you? The last section of this of this chapter is called the fourfold witness. And it says, uh, if you've got a new King James Version Bible, it says the fourfold witness. And I'm going to show you what those four witnesses are. As you read the Bible, sometimes it can be a little difficult to discern these things, but hopefully it'll become a little clearer after we get through this. Notice in verse 31, it says, If I bear witness of myself, Jesus says, my witness is not true. See, Jesus didn't need to boast about himself or inject Fortune 500 power words into his resume. Can you imagine seeing Jesus' resume? At the time of creation, I spearheaded a campaign to create something out of nothing. Or upon the creation of man, I unilaterally forged new ground, forged new ground, by developing the great plan of redemption. He could have wrote that. We know what his resume is. It's flawless. It's beautiful. He's almighty God. But this word witness is... Martirio, which is a Greek word which literally means to testify, to be well reported of. It's, it's a witness, to bear witness, to affirm that one has seen or heard or experienced something or that he knows it because it was taught or by divine revelation or inspiration they received it. That's what it means. And so the same word, I want you to underline a few things in this passage this morning. I want you to look at verse 33. The same word, martirio is in verse 33. Notice where it says witness. Underline that word witness. That is this word. In verse 36, look at the word where, where, right after where it says, the works that I do. There's a word called witness. Underline that as well. In verse 37, underline the word testify. It's the same exact word. Finally, in verse 39, the same word, testify. Underline that word. This is the same word. And this is a tip-off. This tells us what these four different witnesses are. Because John the Baptist was one of those witnesses. You saw that in verse 33 because you underlined the word witness. The works that Jesus does. He says, the works that I do in verse 36. though, That's another witness. The second witness is the works that he does. You can underline that. And finally, in verse 37, God the Father is the other witness. And then the scriptures, the word of God, verse 39, is the fourth witness. These four bear witness of who Jesus is and what he has and will accomplish. John the Baptist, the works of Christ, God the Father, the word of God, the scriptures. Notice in verse 32, back in our text, it says, There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. And you have sent him. I'm sorry, you have sent to John, and he has borne witness. There's our word again that you underline. He's the martirio. He is the witness. John is the first witness. He was the forerunner, the ambassador, the one who would go before Christ, the herald, if you will. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's coming. He's get ready. Get ready. He's coming. Verse 34 he says, "I do not receive testimony from man," Jesus says, "but I say these things that you may be saved." And he was and he's speaking of John here. He says, "He was that burning and shining lamp and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light." What was John's witness? Well, just to summarize, you can read chapter 1 of John's gospel and it will tell you. But let me just summarize what it is. That Jesus is the word of God. John said that. He is the Logos, the one that we've been talking about. He's the word of God. He made all things and that Jesus is the light. He is the light of the world. And John will go on and say that Jesus would baptize with the Spirit and with fire. In a nutshell... And some other things, That's what he. that was his witness. But you can look at John chapter 1 and see that. But Jesus goes on in our text in verse 36, and he says, But I have a greater witness than John's, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, notice, the very works that I do, they bear witness of me. Here's our second witness the works that he does, and then the word witness, the martirio, that my father has sent me. So far, the works of Jesus that we've seen in this gospel anyway, was the turning of water into wine, the healing of the nobleman's son, and certainly healing this paralytic at the pool of Bethesda. And there are many other things that are recorded, we know, in the other gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the saving of souls, the healing of those who are lame and blind, the casting out of demonic spirits, the healing the brokenhearted, bringing the dead back to life. I love what it says in John 20 verse 30. Truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his, of his disciples which are not written in this book. Many Many works that he did. And there were also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, not even the, li- the world could, wouldn't have enough libraries that could fill the volumes of what he did. The magnitude of what Jesus did. Jesus' works bear witness to him. And notice, here's our third witness, the Father. And the Father himself who sent me has testified. There's the same word Martirio, the, the translators translated it, testify, but it's the same exact word. The Father has testified of Christ. And you have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his form, because God is spirit. But when and how did the Father give witness to Jesus? We know that he did it at Jesus' baptism. We know that when he was transfigured there on the mountain and he saw Moses and Elijah, what did the voice come through at the baptism and at the transfiguration? What did the Lord, what did God the Father break through and say? This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. He testified. He spoke as a witness. This is who my son is. He is my son. He is equal with me in power and authority and glory. And certainly at Jesus' triumphal entry. Remember as he was going into the Jerusalem, he says, Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Back in our text, verse 38. But do not have... But you, he says, now Jesus here is speaking still to the Jews, and he says, you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you do not believe. What a horrible indictment. Can you imagine God saying, you don't have the love of God abiding in you? I'd be like, oh God, help me. Help me! What do I do? I want, I want the love of God abiding in me. I want to believe. And would to God that those men had that heart. But they were jealous, they were envious of Jesus. He was bad for business, they were making lots of money. You, and here is the fourth witness, the scriptures, underline the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which, here it is, underline it, testify. Martirio, these are the things which testify of me. And we've already looked at many scriptures earlier that spoke of Jesus. Know what those are, because people need to hear about it. They need to understand that thousands of years before Jesus was born, these things, and we've only covered a handful of them, there are many others. But you can find Jesus on every page, in every book, if you're looking hard enough, through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Samuel, Kings, Chronicles. Every single page there is something pointing to him. Pointing to him. In Psalm 40 it says, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. And then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll or in the volume of the book it is written of me. See, it is all about Jesus. It's all about him. He says, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. And again, what an awful thing. And I do not receive honor from men, Jesus says, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. Ouch. That sounds awfully judgmental, Jesus. Well, let me tell you something. There is one. All judgment has been given to the Son. It would be wrong for me to say that to you because I don't know the motives of your heart. But do you think Jesus knows the motives of their hearts? He can see. They don't even know themselves. And Jesus can look at them and he can see right through them. He's got x-ray vision. He knows exactly what they're all about, their motive, what they're going to do, and whether or not they will accept him. He knows all of that. And they were supposed to be leaders, leading the children of Israel, guiding them in the worship and, and the teaching and the admonition of God. And yet they didn't know God. Jesus was always hard on those who claimed to be the teachers and the leaders. That's why there is a greater accountability for those who teach. That's why I'm very scared before I get up here. There's a, double, there's an, a, a great accountability. And yet they were missing the boat completely altogether. He says I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you're going to receive. And I believe Jesus was talking about later on in history when the after the church is removed and the and the tribulation period begins in the middle of that tribulation remember there's going to be a man of sin known as the antichrist. The Jews are going to receive him because he's going to allow them to build their temple. He's going to work out some kind of political shenanigans to make them to allow them to build their temple. And they're ready. I've been to the Temple Institute in Jerusalem. You can see all the articles. They're ready. they got the clothing. they got the the snuffers, the plates, all that stuff. It's ready to go for the temple for the Antichrist. It's kind of weird to be looking at that stuff and going, I know how that's going to be used. Because that's the next temple that's going to be built, is the one for the Antichrist. But they will receive him but they still haven't received. Many haven't received Christ as their Messiah. And I love when Jesus says, I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. Jesus is not just an ambassador. He is Almighty God, but was he acting in a sense as an ambassador? Yes, but he's equal with God. You see, when our ambassador of the United States goes over to another country, that other country treats that ambassador to the United States as if they were the president of the United States. That's the authority that that person holds as an ambassador. It's all in you. They may not like you as a person, but they respect that you're the ambassador for the president of the United States. That's the way an ambassador works. And so words are very chosen very carefully because words mean something. When you say that you're going to put away your nuclear armaments, you're speaking to the president, even though you're speaking to his ambassador. You follow me? So Jesus is more than an ambassador, but he did come. How can you believe, he says, who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from from the only God? There's only one God. Do not think that I shall accuse you to my father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. The first five books of Moses, how much of that, of the the Pentateuch, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, how much of that speaks of Jesus? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Either directly or indirectly. But if you do not believe his writings... How will you believe my words? Jesus said the same thing in Nicodemus. Remember when he spoke to him? He said, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Boy, we're rascals, aren't we? Because we can relate to Nicodemus. How can I be born again? Can I crawl back into my mother's womb again? She wouldn't like that. Can't do it. Jesus is like, no, you need to be born from above, Nicodemus. The Spirit of God in you. Do you have the Spirit of God in you this morning? I pray that you do. Because only because of that are you a Christian. It tells us in the Gospels, or in Paul's letters, that if we don't have the Spirit of God in us, then we are none of his. Do you understand that? It doesn't matter how good of a person you are claim to be no matter what good thing you may do if you don't have the spirit of god in you you are not a christian how important then is it to receive the spirit of god and if you are born again you know it. things happen your life changes you have desires that you never had before When I got saved, I wanted to do nothing but read the Bible. I barely graduated from college because I I got saved in my senior year and I loved the Bible so much I barely got through. I mean, I, I, I did well, but my heart was not in it at all. I could have just walked away. All I wanted to do was read, read, read and my eyes and my head was just blowing up. I'm like, I can't believe what I'm reading. I've heard about this all my life and I've never understood it. Now it's like, in vibrant color, in 3D, all around me, and I'm like, oh my goodness. But the proof or the justification or ground of Jesus being God in the flesh and the Savior of the world, it is replete throughout the Bible, throughout the scriptures. Do you believe it? Are you sharing it? Are you living it? Let's seek to live it out before everyone, our family, our friends. Amen? Let's stand together. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. Lord, I know, Lord, there's some really challenging things here that we read this morning. But Lord, I pray that you would confirm each one, Lord. I pray that there'd be nobody here who would be wondering, am I a child of God? Who is this Jesus? I pray that everyone would know beyond the shadow of a doubt, Lord, that your very spirit would just consume every single one of us, that you'd indwell every single one of us, Lord. That is your heart's desire, and that's certainly my heart desire, is that everyone, whether here in person or online, Lord, we would come To you, we give our hearts completely to you. We bring all of our hurt, all of our shame, all of our problems and lay them at your feet. Lord, you're so good to us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for the great promises that you've given. The great and precious promises. Lord, to you be the glory and the greatness and the power and the glory forever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. amen.
0: Amen.